This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Jay's getting some well, uh, well-earned uh, downtime. Got 11 kids now. I can almost guarantee you he's not asleep. Right. Just his body clock won't allow him to. Even when you're on vacation, you wake up and you're like, you know, what, what am I going to do? It's, you know, 3 a.m. in the morning. The Kia, I went to sleep early last night. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get, a, I'm gonna get like weekend sleep. Two in the morning, I'm up. Yeah, that's it. Just, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. This is Keyshawn J. Willemax coming to you live from the seaport, brought to you by Grey Goose. So we've been talking a lot about Eric Bieniemy, as a lot of the sports world has. Um, Eric Bieniemy was the offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs. Head coach Andy Reid, of course, had, was very successful as the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Went to cons- four consecutive NFC title games and a Super Bowl. And so when an offense coordinator is with a head coach like that, already people are like, "Eh, how much is is it him? How much is the the head coach? Then in addition to everything else, Eric Biennemi is African-American, and we see coordinators all over the place getting head coaching jobs. He is not one of them, in spite of the fact that he's the offensive coordinator for the greatest offense in the modern game year in and year out, right? By title. He calls plays. He does all the things that you say – that when, when it's other offensive coordinators, a oh, wonder, wonder, wunderkin, genius, boy genius, right? Boy genius. And, 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 but with him, you know, crickets. So now he has to take a job. They call it a lateral move, but it's in fact a step down because you're going to a worse team in Washington than, Such a step down. than the Kansas City Chiefs. But at least you're the offensive coordinator away from Andy Reid with – an offense that needs work. So any success yeah. will be attributed to, to you if you're Eric Bieniemy. Anyway. Or vice versa. Any right. Failure, if you fail, yeah. Any failure you're going to be contributed to EB as well. I, so running back, LaShawn McCoy, former Chiefs running back. Um, Eagles running. He's, you know, LaShawn played for several teams and is not afraid to tell you what he thinks. Said the following on Fox's Speak for Yourself. I hope he doesn't fail, speaking of the enemy. But I think he but will. But I think he will. <laughs> What's his value? What makes him a good offensive coordinator? Uh, Shady went on to say, he has nothing to do with the passing game at all. The plays are designed. That's Andy Reid. When you're talking about offensive coordinators, I can tell you what makes Brian Dable with the Giants very good head coach. I can tell you what Andy Reid or Doug Peterson. But when I ask about Eric Bieniemy, what makes him good? This is what do you think about what Shady McCoy had to say, Key? Well, well, first of all, there's some history there uh-huh. to begin with. Sour with grapes. Eric Bieniemy and Lashawn McCoy. So Eric Bieniemy is the type of coach that coached the running backs. Obviously, coached Adrian Peterson and a whole bunch of other ones. Played the position itself. When you're carrying the ball loose like Shady McCoy has done in his career out in the open and he's trying to teach you how to carry it a certain way, and you've done it your entire career a certain way, 
you're going to push back on that. So you're going to butt heads anyway. Look at him. We're showing on ESPN2 so right now. LeSean His- McCoy and Eric Bieniemy is, you know, you, you got to think about it. Eric Bieniemy is a running back coach. LeSean McCoy didn't play much, and he felt he should be playing. Hold on one second, Key, because we're showing a graphic on ESPN2. As, as you're talking, this is supporting uh-huh. what you're saying. McCoy under Bieniemy as his coach, had his second-worst career rank in rushing, rushing yards, and rushing yards per game. Yeah, so... And he didn't have any touches in the 2019 playoffs. So there you go. I mean, that, it speaks for itself. There's, there's some issues that's there, some history that's there. Now, why he went to the, the length that he went to, I have no idea. That We, we all know in that locker room that Andy Reid is probably the guy calling the majority of the plays. So What? You don't need to uh, uh, jump up and down on Eric Bieniemy because he's not calling the plays 100% of the time. You do know that he is calling plays at times throughout the course of the game. Even the head coach and Andy Reid has said that on record before. Players have said it. Patrick Mahomes, the MVP, has said it. So when you look at why Eric Bieniemy hasn't really gotten a fair shot. We are all trying to scratch our heads. But it's not because he doesn't know football. We know that. I, we, we, we know that. It's not because he doesn't know. So I have a question here, Key, and give me a second to get through I'm, this. I'm a little it's a, disappointed that I'm disappointed that McCoy, though. I'm disappointed that, that, he, that he brought it up at all. That, but that he would even go there and try to make it seem as though this dude is like you believe stupid it's, or dumb You believe or it's something. sour grapes then? I, of course I do. Uh-huh. Of course I do. So so let, let me get through this, Key. Give me a second here because it's a touchy subject and I want to make sure I articulate it fully, okay? I think that there is a fear, because I feel it, among many people of goodwill and good intentions that Eric Bieniemy fails in Washington because there is a negative racial stereotype about uh, black coaches, I believe, that is more subtle than there was about quarterbacks, right? Quarterbacks, they can't lead. No, but we, you see black coaches, but a lot of times it's defensive coordinators who are promoted to head coach among, among and, and by the way, nowadays it's offensive coordinators who are getting the jobs by and large, right? But it's okay for a black man to be a D coordinator and even a head coach because when he comes from the defense, he's a tough guy and people aren't questioning that. But the offensive coordinator you have to be the boy genius. You have to be the the the, the smart guy. Yeah. And there and I've worked and, with a lot of them. Trust me. <laughs> but negative stereotypes, and I can tell you this as a Jewish person, right? You don't want it. Look, but where does where does the stereotype come? Uh, uh, cheapness. Where does that stereotype come from? Right? <laughs> don't make no, me laugh. But no, that's fine. But but we're talking about it. I'm not scared. All right, and I know you're not either. The, the where it comes from is that there were a lot of jobs that Jews were excluded from, and one of the things that you could do to make a living that way, you know, in Europe back in the day is you could be a merchant. So you're part of the mercantile class or you can you can uh, you can lend money for interest when a lot of non-Jews were not allowed to do that by the church. OK, so so Jews go into that line of work, into the line of work that deals with money. And so then this negative stereotype comes yes. about Jews and money. OK, black people were kept in this country, yes. intentionally undereducated yes. by the white powers that be in order to keep. To, to, to maintain control, right? You want to keep a population. And so that negative stereotype of not being smart enough is especially painful, right? And, and it's used to limit opportunity because, of course, no one's innate capacity as a group is going to be lower. 
but but you're kept in a certain condition. So I think there is a fear of Bienemy failing as an offensive coordinator, of some kind of exposure that, aha, you see that? It really was Andy Reid. And, and Bienemy, what because that would promote a negative stereotype if Bienemy was exposed that way. I'm not saying that's the case, and I'm rooting for Bienemy to succeed. And it's unfair for a group of people or for that person himself to have to be anything more than a coach, right? Why should he have to represent anything other than himself doing a job? But I do feel, I'm trying to articulate something I feel, which is a kind of fear that he fail in his job. Do you, do you think I'm off base? Do you think there's something to it? Well, I think what, what happens in this situation, though, is that, as I always say, you have to have people in the room, a seat at the table, to get the opportunities. Mm-hmm. If you go back and you look in just the history of black coordinators, black quarterbacks, coordinators in general, the majority of the coordinators and head coaches, by and large, played the quarterback position, right? So they got the opportunity to become this boy wonder genius. I played quarterback, whether it was at a lower level, maybe it was Division One AA, but they rose the ranks. Cliff Kingsbury, what did he play? Quarterback. This is really interesting. What did Sean McVay play? Oh, well, he was a receiver. He played a little. Okay, what did John Gruden play? He played quarterback at Dayton. What did Andy Reid play? He played quarterback. And the so pipeline comes from quarterback. It, it comes from quarterback. Where, Doug where, Peterson, quarterback. Where, by the way, black players it, were basically intentionally excluded from, from playing the, the quarterback position. Quarterback position, which back is in the, the day. so twenty years ago, no one's playing quarterback. Nobody's now you don't get the offensive coordinator. So you have to have people like Lovey Smith, the former head coach of the Houston uh, Texans, hiring Pep Hamilton, black offensive coordinator. He had to give him an opportunity. Right, you had to have Coach Tony Dungy hire Jim Caldwell to do the things right to to get that jump started. That is that is what happens. You had to have uh, uh, you had to have BA hire Byron Leftwich, who happens to be a quarterback who happens to be black. Guess what he played? Quarterback. Guess what he was? He was an offensive coordinator. You have to give them the opportunities. What happens is a lot of the head coaches that are now that are white aren't hiring the black coordinator and letting them call the plays. Yes, you got Brian Johnson in Philadelphia as a quarterback coach. Again, quarterback coaches typically have been black. I mean, uh, white, mm-hmm. even though black quarterbacks have retired and wanted to go coach, but they get they got a coach receiver, or they got a coach tied in, or they got a coach running back. They're not given the position of power. The this is so power, interesting. So the it's position the, of power is the quarterback. It's the it's the ripple effect of black players being excluded from quarterback once upon a time. Oh my God! Yes. And then in addition to that, there's still a subtle thing going on where yeah, but we'll direct them over in this go coach the receivers, coach anything but the quarterback because then that becomes the pipeline to offensive coordinator. They will think about think about all the black quarterbacks that we've had that played in this league. And think about all the black quarterback coaches that's been in this league. Not very many. And think about the black offensive coordinators actually calling plays. I could probably count them on one hand. Now think about the unfairness Since of the I've situation. Since I've been dealing with the NFL, I could probably literally count them on one hand. Think of the unfairness of the situation from taking it back to the enemy. Now, now, of course it's not on him, but in some way, psychically for people – he has to disprove a negative stereotype. If he, like, that's not fair to the group 
that, that he represents in that case, nor is it to him who may not want to represent a group at all, may just wants to do his job, right? And yet, if he succeeds, oh, that's a piece of evidence disproving a negative stereotype. But if he fails, oh and that's God. what I mean about the fear, if it, it's fails. out of proportion because suddenly it reinforces exactly what you the negative stereotype. And he, had go, he had to go to Washington, though. Think about that. He didn't go. He didn't go to the New England Patriots. He didn't go to the San Francisco 49ers. He went to a team that's trying to find their way. More on the Eric Bieniemy hire in Washington with ESPN NFL front office insider Lewis Riddick coming up. Keyshawn J. Willemax. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com morning code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy for the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. I think that Eric Bieniemy also recognized that maybe it was time for him to move on. I don't hear many of his players come out talking about how great he is. They they give him cursory like compliments or whatnot, but I don't ever hear anybody say that this team could work because of him. Life has never been fair. Has it been fair to Eric Bieniemy so far trying to get a job as a head coach? No, but hopefully he can be successful in Washington and he'll finally get an opportunity to become a head coach. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Click more on the lower right-hand corner of the app. Scroll down to live radio. You got KJM in your pocket right now. You're not tethered to your car radio. We're on ESPN 2 till 8 a.m., ESPNU till 10 a.m., and we're presented by Progressive Insurance. And joined now by Lewis Riddick, ESPN NFL front office insider. So, Lewis. Clean, though. Clean, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Key and I were just discussing uh, what – LaShawn McCoy had to say about Eric Bieniemy, mm-hmm. and and you know I was talking about how I think there is a fear if Bieniemy doesn't succeed. Oh, there's some negative racial stereotype that hasn't been disproven, and and Key was talking about the fact that the pipeline to offensive coordinator, which is now the quickest coach path to a head coaching job, is that you used to play quarterback, a position mm-hmm. from which black players were excluded mm-hmm. for years to the point where Warren Moon had to leave the NFL because they told him to be a receiver, even though mm-hmm. he's the best quarterback in the country, right? Yep. So that's what we're up to here yep. as you join the conversation. <laughs> what do you think about what LaShawn McCoy had to say? Look, that's uh, like I was just talking with you guys before we came on there. That's extremely disappointing that he took that route with it. It sounded personal. It sounded like someone who had 
although he was trying to put it as, look, I'm just being honest because I have firsthand experience and I was there and I'm just trying to give it to you straight and be objective, no, it sounds personal. And look, I know everybody in that organization from top to bottom. I know how it ended for Shady in Kansas City. I know what they thought about his skill set and his level once they shipped him down the road and he was only there for that one season. I know that Eric Bieniemy is not – look, Eric Bieniemy is one of those guys who coaches the way we used to be coached Mm -hmm. in the 90s, early 2000s, which is not the way you can coach players now and or discipline or teach any kid now. Which is to say what? How? He's very old school, very much so matter of fact. Sometimes it's going to be maybe some word choices that – I don't know. You don't hear very much so nowadays, but I used to hear all the time. HR, they hurt okay. your feelings yeah, type stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And, that, and you know what? And there's some people who say, well, there's no, there's no need for that in today's – well, you know what? Maybe there isn't. But at the same time, it's not necessarily wrong either. And sometimes that's – for me, that was one of the things that did resonate with me when I was being coached. Nevertheless, let's just put it this way. It didn't work. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't a very comfortable relationship between those two, and it wasn't a comfortable relationship between Shady and Kansas City when it ended there because they basically told him, you're not that good anymore. You're not the same guy as you were in Buffalo and in Philadelphia when we drafted you. Players don't like that. Yeah. They don't like being told that. Lewis, I want to read, the, the, quote from, I want to read the quote from LaShawn so yeah. people know what we're talking about. LaShawn McCoy, former running back, and including a year under Biennemi, said the following. I hope he, meaning Biennemi, doesn't fail, but I think he will. He said this on Fox's Speak for Yourself. What's his value? What makes him a good offensive coordinator? He went on to say, McCoy did about Biennemi, he has nothing to do with the passing game at all. The plays are designed. That's Andy Reid. When you're talking about offensive coordinators, I can tell you what makes Brian Dable with the Giants a very good head coach. I can tell you what Andy Reid or Doug Peterson. But when I ask about Eric Biennemi, what makes him good? Okay. Well, I'll tell you what the people in Kansas City tell me makes him good. He's a guy who holds people accountable. He does have a very good grasp of their offense structurally, philosophically, and what they're trying to get done. And he has told me personally he is involved in every facet of their game planning in every situation, and that he presents that to the team, stands up in front of the offensive team and presents that. He is very active in his input during the game as far as situationally what they think are the best plays for those particular situations and has come up with many suggestions that have, re- that have resulted in them scoring big touchdowns in key situations. As far as his leadership ability and his ability to hold people count- accountable in a day and age where I think that is something that is quite honestly lacking, he will do that. He, if you want a guy who you expect to really just kind of reward you for just participating, he's not your guy. If you want a guy who, when you earn it, he's going to give it to you, and then he's going to still hold you accountable, he's your guy. Tell me Washington doesn't need exactly that, that football team. That's a, You know what? As great as Andy is, and Andy is a first ballot Hall of Famer, Andy is an offensive whiz. I've been around him, too, for a long time. Been around Matt Nagy, been around Doug Peterson, Brett Veach, all those guys who have gone through that place and or are still at that place. And I can tell you this. They, to a man, the people who I trust, say that this guy will be a fantastic head coach when given the opportunity. But you better understand this. You're going to get a certain brand and a certain style of coaching that maybe some people don't necessarily like as far as being very brash up front in your face honest about how he feels you need to conduct your business. If you want someone who's going to sugarcoat everything for you and kind of pat you on the rear end and give you a participation trophy, go somewhere else. This isn't your guy. And, and that's the problem, Max, as is, 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 uh, Lewis was just talking about. When you think about Andy Reid, Andy Reid probably calls 70% of the plays, you know, and, and that's okay. 
That's nothing. There's right. nothing wrong with that. Right. That, that's who he is. Yep. I would never, ever give up play calling if that's how I got my job. Mm-hmm. That's how he got the Eagles job. He was a play caller. So you never relinquish that. Sean Payton isn't going to relinquish play calling duties in Denver, even though he hires somebody and gives them the title as offensive coordinator. Just like he said, there's input. Mm-hmm. He, he suggests, hey, what do you have for me on third down? What do you think of this? That's a working relationship. As it relates to him being a, a head coach in this day and era in style, the NFL needs that, though. Mm-hmm. The, because there's so much phony baloney with these coaches that's there. They smile in your face, stab you in the back, tell you one thing, lie to you, out there scouring the internet looking for other players instead of just being truthful with you. Players will run through a wall for you if they know that you're real. They know Andy Reid is real. That's why they're having so much success in Kansas City. When you look at it, Mike Tomlin, success in Pittsburgh, because they already know. They don't have to worry about Mike T lying to them and playing games. Mm-hmm. And this will be Eric Bieniemy when you know, he gets you know, the opportunity. You know what that comes down to, Keith? I mean, that's a great point. Look, there's many different ways to skin a cat as far as coach, right? I've had the coaches who are much more – Pat you on the rear end, positive reinforcement, don't yell, don't raise their voice. I've also been coached by Belichick and Saban at the same damn time, which I will tell you what. A little different. Had me, like, laying awake at night. How do you still have your ears? Bro, let me tell you, I never slept when I played in Cleveland because I didn't want the next day to come too quickly because I knew that, <laughs> to be honest with you, I, I mean, it, it was just going to be hell on wheels every day with this team. The thumb was on you every day. In terms of how he held you accountable and the kind of things they would say. Yeah. But you know what? They're two of the greats of all time, respectively, college and pro. That being said, look, it comes down to three things to me for coaching. And leaders overall anyway. Are you credible? Can you be trusted? Are you competent? Are you good at your job? Yes. And are, are you positively impacting people? To me, I don't care if you're black, white, man, woman, yeller, screamer, quiet. If you can do those three things for me – as a leader, I'm going to follow you. Everything else is just window I'm a, dressing. Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to follow. Everything else is just going to be subjective, saying, well, you know what? I don't like when people yell at me. But it I don't is, like when but people – But the racial component comes in because a guy like Joe Judge, who tries to project certainly that same kind of mentality, old school, yeah. da 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 he gets a job. He's not even a coordinator and gets a head coaching job in well, a no, major no, not, market. But that's not true, though, Max. He was a coordinator. He was a special teams coordinator. Okay, fine, but they moved. Right, the, right, hey, yeah, Lewis, yeah. you, hey, Lewis, yeah, they See, moved the goalposts yeah. when they hired See, him. Now, yeah. I just want you to be but, honest. But I want right. you. The, that, the point is, the point is, the point is just to knock it down for Bienemy one at a time. It's not like those kind of personalities don't get jobs. Bienemy doesn't get a job. The working relationship with Andy Reid—that's a plus. Well, he's not calling all the plays. He's only calling. But you have a working relationship right, with a great right. head coach. You're studying under, a, under Taylor, a great head coach. Look, look, Zach Taylor didn't call plays with the Rams. And he got a head coaching look, two, job. Two guys. And had, and had some time to fail, and too. Matt and Matt LaFleur, Tennessee offense was yeah. two guys, dog. Two guys who I consider very good friends in this profession. Doug Peterson, Matt Nagy. Very good friends. Could call them right now. They'll pick up the phone. Got jobs. After working for Andy Reid yeah. and not being the primary play caller, that's a good thing, not a bad thing. Exactly. Unless you're Eric Bieniemy. Exactly. Yeah. Most yeah. times people go, "Well, you worked under Andy Reid, certified first ballot Hall of Famer, offensive whiz. You probably learned a lot. You've learned." To... And Andy doesn't just tell you, doesn't just teach you X's and O's. He teaches how to set up an organization. 
Yeah. Like you would, I would want to draw as many people from that organization as possible, right? Isn't that the way but it usually for, works? But, but for Eric, it's he doesn't yeah. interview well. He doesn't. It's just yeah, like, all them dudes who get I mean, fired interview great. He needs to change his name to Eric Befriend. They and all we'll get they, fired, though. He, knows, he don't be this, the enemy. I'll tell you this. If, if he's able to turn this offense around in Washington, yes. you will not be able to deny him anything. But there's and that fear I, you know that what? if he doesn't of succeed. Course. And, you know, oh. and, and Max, you know there's people sitting in the weeds waiting. Of course. They're just waiting like, man, I hope he doesn't do good. Man, that's just the brutal reality of it, and that is sad as hell. Lewis Riddick, ESPN, NFL, front office insider. And Thank clean you, dress Lewis, as always. Again. All right, man. Appreciate y'all. So with Eric Bieniemy calling the plays in Washington – which quarterback works best for the commanders? Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bot, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Running back LaShawn McCoy, former Chiefs running back, said the following on Fox's Speak for Yourself. I hope he doesn't fail, speaking of the enemy. But I think he will. But I think he will. (laughs) There's some issues that's there. When you look at why Eric Bieniemy hasn't really gotten a fair shot, we are all trying to scratch our heads. But it's not because he doesn't know football. I'm disappointed that McCoy, though. I'm disappointed that he he brought it up at all. But then he would even go there. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. What's so funny, Key? Can help here, please? Oh. <laughs> well, you know, we're setting the mood, Key. You well, know. yeah, I just... The various I, elements on radio can help set the mood. When we, when we have certain conversations, there's yeah. a certain music... Soundtrack. Soundtrack yeah. that goes with the conversations. That's it's okay. just, Nothing wrong with that. It makes me laugh because I know where he's going immediately. The conversation has been uh, about Eric Bieniemy and LaShawn McCoy's comments about Bieniemy saying he, doesn't, he hopes he doesn't fail, but he thinks he will. We were talking about uh, racial stereotypes. See, see if he and, said... Yep. If he had said, Max... I hope he doesn't fail, but I think he will because the situation mm-hmm. in Washington is set up to fail. No, he was talking about the enemy's ability I, I as a coach. I understand, but if he had said that, yep. then I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Yep. But the fact that you're saying that no matter what situation this man is put in, he's going to fail because he doesn't know what he's doing is just dead-ass wrong. 
Robert Griffin III, ESPN NFL analyst, with us now. Good morning, Robert. The Griff. Good morning. Good morning, fellas. How y'all doing? So we were talking, Robert, about the enemy and McCoy's, LaShawn McCoy's comments about him. And I've been talking about the idea that um, there's a certain fear that if the enemy doesn't succeed, he has not helped dispel a negative stereotype, right? And which is unfair to him, unfair to the group that is being stereotyped, et cetera, because he's just a man trying to do a job. But that I think that exists. Key has been talking about the fact that, you know, why don't we see more black offensive coordinators who are the guys who are getting the head coaching jobs, right? Unless you're Eric Bieniemy, but but head co- like offensive coordinators are, are the pipeline nowadays to head coach by and large. And Key brings up a really interesting point, I think, which is if you exclude black players from the quarterback position, those are the guys who wind up coaching the quarterbacks and eventually becoming offensive coordinators, etc. So we've been having this conversation, and Lewis Riddick was talking about it last segment as well. What are your expectations for Eric Bieniemy as the offensive coordinator in Washington? Well, Max, first of all, I got to say that, you know, for Eric Bieniemy, you know, he's accomplished more uh, in his his seasons with Kansas City than all of the head coaches who are first time hires over the last three years uh, that have been had an opportunity to go out and be successful. When you talk about LaShawn McCoy's comments, I've heard what you guys were talking about, but him saying that Bieniemy, you know, kind of gets on the star players, you know, dog cusses them out and holds them accountable. I mean, that's what you want from your coach for him to say that uh, Eric Bieniemy doesn't. Uh, you know, in, do install meetings, and he's not the one doing corrections because An- Andy Reid is the one doing that. I mean, that's what you expect from your offensive coordinator. So now Eric Bieniemy gets an opportunity to run the show, be the guy that's doing that and making the corrections in those meetings and pointing out what guys should and shouldn't be doing. And I don't think we should stand in the way of that because Doug Peterson probably wasn't doing that. Uh, Matt Nagy probably wasn't doing that. And to to say that Eric Bieniemy didn't deserve the opportunity to be a head coach as he was an offensive coordinator like all those other guys under Andy Reid had an opportunity to go out and be successful and or fail, I just think is, you know, is a flawed judgment. It's a flawed argument. So now my expectations for Eric Bannemi in Washington, uh, mine are, are very high. I'm very happy for the commanders. I think it's an extremely good get for them to get Bannemi. He's got experience, not just experience working with Andy Reid, but working with Patrick Mahomes and how they go out and attack defenses. So I think the number one thing Bannemi's got to do in Washington is he's got to find himself a tight end. That was the catalyst for the Chiefs for years and years and years with Travis Kelsey. It's really hard to find a guy like Travis Kelsey, but they have to find a tight end that they can move the chains with and control the middle of the field because that opens up the rest of their offense. RG3, what do you think about what I said, though, about the quarterback position in the past? I know recent history we have an influx of, of black quarterbacks today, but I'm talking about 15, 20 years ago, those guys that have retired from the position wanting to get into coaching, but yet and still they have to coach another position or they can't coach the quarterback position and be able to be elevated up. Is there some merit to that? No, Key, I think there is merit to that. And, and it goes back even further, right, talking about the, just the history and the plight of the black quarterback in the NFL. Because, you know, a guy like Marlon Briscoe, right, the first starting uh, black starting quarterback in the NFL, he set rookie records uh, when, when he started for the Denver Broncos uh, when he first got an opportunity. And then the next year they moved in the wide receiver. He didn't even get an opportunity to continue to play the position. So because black quarterbacks have had uh, just a struggle 
struggle to, to, you know, have staying power and to actually get opportunities. When you talk about the guys that are being these offensive coordinators, you talk about the young offensive minds. A lot of them are former white quarterbacks. So people hate the fact that you can make this about race. But the fact of the matter is because there have been so many roadblocks for black quarterbacks over the years. Heck, we didn't even have uh, every team in the NFL. All 32 teams in the NFL didn't even have a starting black quarterback, I believe, until 2017. So when you talk about that, yes, these coaches have been in this field for 50. Yeah, in the history of their in the history of their franchise. So. Yeah the, the, yeah, the organization. So these, these uh, you know, teams and these coaches have been in, in this field, and we talk about the good old boys club for these coaches. They put in f- 5, 10, 15 years before they ever get an opportunity. Well, you got to go back 5, 10, 15, 20 years to see how many black quarterbacks are getting an opportunity just to be a coach. Look at Byron Leftwich and what he did in Tampa Bay and how he has been ostracized and not had an opportunity to be a head coach after he won a Super Bowl. We got two coordinators for the Eagles that lost in the game the defensive coordinator in Gannon and the offensive coordinator in Steichen, they both got opportunities to be head coaches immediately. Mm. Robert, I, I, it's interesting and sad, but obviously the, the stereotype for coaches is offensive coaches. Defensive coaches, because as long as you're a tough guy, but offensive coaches are supposed to be smart. <laughs> and the negative stereotype, which is, is rooted in the fact that that once upon a time literacy was basically contraband for black people in this country, right? Um, is so so the the stereotype is well, you must not be smart enough to do it. It doesn't even have to be spoken. The other thing that occurs to me, Robert, is that the camera goes to the quarterback and the camera goes to the head coach, right? That's the those are the two most important characters. Yeah. And as we see the rise of the black quarterback, we see a decrease in black coaches. It's almost as though whether it's conscious or not. If we're going to see this face over here, then can we at least pan and not see it again over here? Right? Like, it's those two things seem to dovetail for me. You laughing just like I am, Robert. Max Max came up with that one, but you might be right. You know, because uh, because then you see the NFL is not considered, unlike the NBA, a quote unquote black league. And I think many believe in positions of power. Not yet. Not yet. Many believe in positions of power that that's part of its uh, one of the key elements to its broad mainstream success of course that's nonsense the most popular athletes ever in this country have been african-american michael jordan muhammad ali whoever but i think that's the theme hey, you, you, right. i think rg3 should go and, and put his hat in the ring to be an offensive coordinator you think he can do it you think you're smart enough to call plays rg3 Hey, Key, listen, I understand uh, there's a nuance to being a coach and a nuance to calling offensive plays. But, yes, I do believe I could be an offensive coordinator. Me too. You know, Key, I think I believe you could be a, a, a general manager. You know what I'm saying? So, to me, what, what it really comes down to is getting the opportunity. Uh, the, the, the cerebralness, we've heard that word constantly used when we talk about quarterbacks coming out of the draft. But that name is that, – that word is never used – uh, routinely when we talk about black quarterbacks. So for me, there is a rise in the black quarterback. There's also been a, there's also been a rise in just the characteristics of a black quarterback now being the traits that everybody wants. Yeah, Look at Josh Allen. He's not black, but he but he's athletic. 
He can throw the ball a, a, a mile like Michael Vick used to be able to do, right? So I just think all these things are coming into play, but it really just comes down to guys getting the opportunity. Nobody wants – look at uh, Kellen Moore for the Dallas Cowboys, right? He went from being the quarterback to the quarterback coach to the offensive coordinator in two years. You don't see that happen for black quarterbacks often. Byron Leftwich didn't even get that opportunity. So for me, I just look at it and say – We need more representation. The league is 70% black. So why aren't our coaches even even close to that representation? It's because of the stereotypes at the higher levels of the organizations that are preventing black guys from getting an opportunity to move up. Robert Griffin III, ESPN NFL analyst. Thank you, Robert. Appreciate it. See, and that's the problem with me taking a GM job or president Mm -hmm. of a team. I I just couldn't. It looked like HBCU sideline, man. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm hiring my people to give them an opportunity. That's just the reality of it. And that's why it would be very difficult. It would be very difficult for me to move into the front office because I want to use Hey man, I hired the right person for the job. Had nothing to do with his color. I'm going to use that. Robert talks about how now a lot of the characteristics like running quarterback, a guy, Oh, that it's funny how for a long time, the power structure said that disqualifies you. You can do extra stuff that now they're looking for that. Now they're looking (laughs) for it right now. It's okay. Uh, All right. Which team, by the way, and there are obviously a lot of white quarterbacks who can also run Josh Allen, Daniel Jones, et cetera. Let you be my quality control guy. Who me? Yeah. Yeah. I'm taking it. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Season is on the line on this play. Jared Goff, empty shotgun, takes a step, fires right side, got his man, and that will do it. That's the season, boys and girls. I think it's going to be important to get through this week, to take my uh, you know my isolation retreat, just to be able to contemplate all things my future. And What's isolation retreat? We're just going into a cave. It's four nights of complete uh, darkness. It's a darkness retreat. That sound was courtesy of 620 WTMJ. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. I just want to know what they're saying. Turn out the lights. Who can tell anymore? What did he just say? I don't know. Yeah, it's what he say. You got to look it up. I'm looking look for... Up. Yeah, you got to look it up. You can't hear it anymore. Turn, Turn out the lights. lights. I'm looking for. I'm looking for what? For you. I'm looking for. Yeah. It's not a word. Sounds good, though. Yeah, what'd you say, Max? I'm looking for. It's not a word. It sounds good, though. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it sounds yeah. good. 
Yeah, by the way, that's all I care about if it sounds good. See, I could be a rapper then. All right, let's hear it. Turn on the light. <laughs> and just like get on the stage and, and people wouldn't know. Just I make just up some words make there up real some fast. words and the beats is carrying me. Yeah. Key, which team do you think is having buyer's remorse at quarterback? Let me give you some options, okay? Aaron Rodgers in 2022 signed a three-year, 150, almost $1 million extension. So he earned $42 million last year, had a QBR under 40. They missed the playoffs. He's set to make nearly $60 million in 2023 Damn. and a little under 50 in 2024. So there's Aaron Rodgers. Get that money, eh? You don't have to spend $60 million to miss the playoffs. I could spend a lot less than that to miss the playoffs. Okay, Kyler Murray, by the way, in a weak division. Kyler Murray signed a five-year, $230 million deal. Now, of course, it's not all guaranteed. It was... 30 million signing bonus, almost 29 million, and uh, just about a buck 90 guaranteed. He's going to make an average annual salary of 46 million. Dak Prescott, four years, a buck 60 with the Cowboys, 66 million dollar signing bonus, a buck 26 guaranteed. And this is a while ago, don't forget. Average annual of 40, his base salary this upcoming season, 31 million. His cap hits just under 50. Okay, so there you have Rodgers, Kyler, and Dak, and then Deshaun Watson. Famously, five years, 230 guaranteed at signing. (laughs) (laughs) Signing bonus of of almost 45 million, an average annual of 46. Key, which team do you think has the greatest buyer's remorse? Which means that they wish they didn't do it, right? Yeah. Because you can get something nice and still have buyer's remorse at first. Like, damn, that was expensive. But which team has the most buyer's remorse? I probably say would say Arizona and Kyler Murray. Coach isn't there. General manager is no longer there. And he's on the shelf until Lord knows when because of his ACL. And they got a new head coach that now has to figure out what to do with the quarterback. And they may be moving on from DeAndre Hopkins in terms of a trade. Because I'm sure, I'm sure D-Hop wants to win and go to a winning franchise and not waste his career in Arizona. So I would probably say – the Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray. I think easily the Cardinals right? with Kyler Murray. Because yeah. it can't be Aaron Rodgers because you always got hope with Aaron Rodgers. I yep. don't give a damn how bad he plays. Because you could just, with your eyes, see he's better than almost everyone. Yeah. Yes. And then Dak Prescott has done some things. Man, Dak is right and, in he, line he, with he, his contract, he's done his some production. Things and gotten the team into the playoffs. It wasn't all his fault that they lose these games in the playoffs. Uh, and then Deshaun, we don't know. I mean, we've got to kind of wait I think it's see. safe to guess that unless he forgot how to play football, that he's going to be pretty good uh, or very good. The, the reason it's Kyler Murray easily to me, and what's bizarre is they gave him the money after all the issues with the maturity and everything were already made public. <laughs> Key, he is capable of playing at a very high level. We've seen them go undefeated a, a lot in the first half of seasons when he's had some stuff around him, right, with Cliff Kingsbury as his coach. I just want to know how they're going to be. It, never, it never sustains. He's never able to sustain it. And when we have his own offensive lineman on this show talking about how he's immature, he has to be a better leader, to me that's such a red flag. I, 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 yeah, it, it, it is. In, but, but the thing is, is they fired the coach. The coach drafted him, stood on the table for him, they fired him, moved on from the offense, I mean, moved on from that offense, moved on from the general manager who they gave extensions to. They essentially wasted money in both the coach and the general manager. 
So now when you look at it, this new head coach who's coming in, in Gannon from Philadelphia, what are you going to run offensively? Are you going to keep the air raid? Or are you going to try to go more traditional? Are you going to do what Philly did and have him carry the ball as much as Jalen Hurts, knowing he's always injured? Rodgers is really good. You can see it with your eyes. Dak Prescott at 40 a year, given this market, is producing at just about that clip, and he's a leader in all those things. And, and, and Deshaun Watson was an elite quarterback before he got into trouble and was out of the league for a little while. He, given his age, I expect him to be very good again. Kyler is the guy for all his talent. Start making the playoffs, brother. Should the Eagles make Jalen Hurts the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL? Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.